there's grieving that this pandemic is happening, right? And we don't have to negate all of the, the just the effects of what's happening. That can just be. But circumstances are circumstances. And so our thoughts on the circumstance, that's where the pain has been generated from. So if we'd like to, and again, this isn't Pollyanna, this is what takes work. This is the work, the intangible work. It's just say, okay, now that I understand the circumstances, oh, I can take a breath, right? Ripping that Band-Aid off really hurt. Now that I've experienced that pain, where would I like to go from here? You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome back to the podcast this week, everyone. We have Lucia Holly on the podcast again. We had her way back when. And uh, this week we're talking about business with Miss Lucia. And she business. is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and a women's health expert with a master's degree in social work, clinical mental health. She teaches overwhelmed women how to stop dieting and lose weight for life and to master their minds instead of counting one more point, calorie or macro, hello, raise your hands if you've ever felt that way she will teach you <laughs> mine is up um and we're talking biz in this episode but i mean her her the information that she shares it really transcends from business to um you know like food relationships and and mindset around that as well yeah it's foundational yeah and her really liberatory approach to nutrition really emphasizes techniques that incorporate knowledge on not only like how our bodies work but how and why our bodies, minds, and spirits were all created to radically coexist in harmony. And she's absolutely genius with it. And what she does is really empowers her clients to deeply understand their subconscious identities and habits and to finally break free of the dieting cycle once and for all. And um, yeah, she, I mean, like she serves her community in such a big way. I know when I watch her Instagram stories, I'm constantly like just that mind blown emoji Always. all the yeah. time. Um, I and I love it. her podcast. You guys I'm, go run to listen to her podcast. It's called Devoured. And obviously we'll have it linked in the show notes for everybody, but it's everywhere you listen to podcasts. So just go find it and hit subscribe right now. Um, Worth it. Yeah. And she is one of my absolute favorite people to follow on Instagram. We've known her for, for years and get to work alongside her in a lot of different little projects and things. And she's just an incredible human. And this is one of my favorite conversations we've had on the podcast to date. To I be think I've referenced it since we recorded it. I, I mean, I must have talked about it in person with people. Yeah. I, I can't tell in you my how personal many times. life, and it hasn't yeah, been that long. It's been a couple of weeks since we recorded this episode. So right, yeah. yeah. I think it was important for me to have this conversation because it helped me connect a lot of like um, limiting, limiting belief dots and things that were important for me during this time that feels so collective mm -hmm. but individual at the same time. Like I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to put words around that. Yeah, she so, does a really good job of putting words around things that that we all struggle to kind of put our finger on and really be able to name. And one of the things that she says in this episode is that this pandemic has kind of ripped the Band-Aid off. And now we're all leaning into kind of plan B instead of plan A. Like plan A isn't working for anybody because plan A involved being a human that existed in a society of social gatherings and <laughs> all sorts very of different things. than what it looks like right now. Yeah. And <sighs> I, I love everything that we talk about in this episode with Lucia is, has a parallel between like personal and um, nutrition and food and body image, but then also applies into business and I, and, and building that, that self-trust. So I just absolutely love this episode. I can't wait for you guys to listen. It's going to be amazing. We're glad you're here. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast this week. We are joined by Miss Lucia Holly. 
second time being on the podcast with us i feel like we're we're building our repertoire of like who we're just gonna start calling like our other co-hosts of the podcast this is what i've decided and we're like the cheers of podcasting and hopefully you enter that category at the three or more mark very well i'm honored (laughs) i'm I'm here for it thank you well we're very excited to have you i have been um watching what you've been doing for a I mean, as long as I've we've known each other and just really impressed with the direction that you've taken and connection between kind of diet culture and belief work and then how that applies to a business mindset and just so impressed with that. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today. And I personally, I mean, like, let's all be real. I mean, we did not think we were going to be in the middle of a pandemic right now. This surprised seriously, probably everyone. And we're all having to pivot our business in some way. And it's forcing us to kind of hit the limiting beliefs that we have right on the head and kind of either flip the script there or we're feeling incredibly stuck. So I'm excited to talk about like, how do we work through some of this BS that we're being forced into? And and then also we have all these other limiting beliefs that we have to unpack in relation to launching, growing expanding, offering something new in our businesses during a pandemic. But there is opportunity for growth here, both personal and professional and business growth. And that's huge. So yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited. And I selfishly, this is definitely a conversation where I'm like, can you just give me a coaching session on the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes. We'll get into it. Well, I always think too, that, um, business growth is an offshoot of personal growth. So they're totally, in my opinion, they're 100% connected. So always here for it. Yep. We just recorded an episode with Brianne Wick, um, recently, and that launched episode 99. And she, we went through like the power of kind of getting unstuck in your business is almost always like digging into that piece of personal growth and then moving forward through that. Um, And the moment we do the personal work, that's when we have the space, the expansion space for the business growth. So, and I've experienced that personally many times, many, many times. I know that whole phrase of like, it's not personal, it's business is not a thing. Business is (laughs) personal. yeah it's all it's all together because a person is building a business you know it is it's so true a person's building a business and then as well I also think that it can be helpful if we also don't identify as our businesses which is a tricky little thing just like business growth like coming from personal we also you know I can speak from my perspective as a coach right like having a personal brand where like I am my brand that's such a fascinating area to be navigating to being like yeah I am my brand I'm the person who's making this business happen but wait my business is not me so the things that happen in my business there's not it's not personal it's not happening to me but I get to be aware of what is happening and then pivot from there so it's a it's a fascinating conversation Mm, yeah I get to be aware where I love that. I think sometimes just the 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 whole concept of name it to tame it, you know, view it like you know, have some compassion around just, you know, it's not good, it's not bad, like that can be so healthy on the personal side and the business side. It's just it's taken me a long time to connect the two that a lot of time what's going on in your business should be taken from a place of just observation, awareness, not judgment because that's when all the like friction comes in, you know. Yeah. Judgment's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think our, our culture, we default to judgment because, and I'm going to, Cassie, like you said, I love to tie the stuff back into diet culture. I really think diet culture is an offshoot, just like business is an offshoot of personal development, et cetera. Our, like, what we're doing is going to be an offshoot and of diet culture, right? So if we're feeling like we're having to fall into these cycles of judgment, shame, and blame, that's probably a story that we learned. And we might not have even known that that was a story. But once we have that awareness, then we're in that cool spot where if we'd like to do something about it, we could. Or not. But we have the option. Mm, yeah, awareness. Yeah. I love that. I would love to get your take on a story that we're hearing right now which is that this is a terrible time to launch something, to market something, to expand out your business, to start a business because people aren't purchasing right now or um, everyone is distracted with kids at home or, you know, and all of those things are true to a certain extent. 
but I have been hearing so much limiting belief around, you know, and talking to colleagues and friends about adding an asset to their business that this pandemic has made them think of Mm. because there's a need or the need is clearer now because of what we're going through. And when there's a need, we need people to make those things. And so like, what's the reality of that? How do we work through that right now? And how do we like take the steps forward? I think there's always, there's such like there's belief work to do and then there's practical work to do, right? Totally, totally. There's a tangible and then there's the intangible. And I think the tangible stuff, right? Like in terms of offers or how we're supporting our clients or communities and whatever slant our business is geared towards, that tangible stuff is coming from the intangible, which is what I think this conversation is really geared around. It's like, well, how do we make the intangible tangible, right? Like, how do we do them? What does mindset work? And I'm using air quotes. And this is Lucia's specialty. That's why we're like, (laughs) it's why you're here. (laughs) So, yes. And I think as well, you know, another, another level to this conversation is also trying to be aware and also considerate of people's circumstances, because I think it can also take a turn into this really privileged arena, right? If we start to say, because my view, you know, to go off of Cassie's question, my view is that business can be great right now. And so what the pandemic has done and what I've seen with my clients, what I've seen with other people in business, peers, et cetera, is that the Band-Aid has just been ripped off, right? So maybe a lot of us are functioning Mm -hmm. with this Band-Aid kind of covering things up either personally or professionally just to get by and to get through, which is a really common experience. And now a lot of us have had to take pause or we have the privilege of being at home, right? I feel like stay mm-hmm. home, stay safe. It's my civic duty right now. And that's a very mm-hmm. privileged position, at least for me, to be in, even if it's stressful, even if it's not perfect. But when we have that and we have the space, then all the things that we've maybe been running away from or running on top <laughs> of, now we're like, whoa. Ripping that Band-Aid <laughs> kind of painful sometimes. Those hair that comes out and skin, the red left, it's like... Jeez. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, that was really visceral. Like, I didn't, Ow. I didn't ask for anyone to rip that bandaid off, right? We only, <laughs> we only want to rip the bandaid off when we're in control of that. Oh my gosh, this it is changes me the think pain of my perception kids. a lot. It does. Mm. But here's the thing: if we, because I think there's a like a subconscious thought or idea that's running through a lot of our heads, where we can, you know, the idea of a bandaid or like getting a shot at the doctor, right? For people who are scared of shots, people who are scared of the pain of the thing happening. So we can build a lot of things up in our heads, right? Mm -hmm. So I think in terms of ripping the Band-Aid off, for a lot of us, we're so scared of the pain of it coming off, especially when we're like, hey, I was ready. Like, you didn't give me the countdown here. (laughs) This has happened to me. Yeah, just tell me. But now that that's happened for so many of us collectively, I almost feel like there's just kind of like, there's grieving that this pandemic is happening, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't have to negate all of the, the... just the effects of what's happening. That can just be. But circumstances are circumstances. And so our thoughts on the circumstance, that's where the pain has been generated from. So if we'd like to, and again, this isn't Pollyanna, this is what takes work. This is the work, the intangible work. It's just say, okay, now that I understand what the circumstance is, I can take a breath, right? Ripping that Band-Aid off really hurt. (laughs) There's a red mark, like I ripped some hairs off, like Jen said, like, ow. (laughs) Now that I've experienced that pain, where would I like to go from here? And I think when we start to shift it into that arena, then that takes us from thinking from a place of scarcity, which if you tangibly want to talk about scarcity, is when we're thinking in our sympathetic stress mode, right? Sympathetic stress mode is telling us run away, fight, flight, or freeze, right? Run away, fight, or like be immobile because that's how you stay safe. So if we can start to take our thinking once we've kind of gone through the first couple weeks of quarantine and pandemic, which is where we are now at the time of this recording, then I think we can come into a space where we can actually tap into our creative brain. Because when we're thinking Mm -hmm. from a parasympathetic rest and digest mode, that's what houses our creativity, our imagination, right? It's hard Mm -hmm. to be imaginative when you're just trying to get away from something stressful. And we can't get away from the quarantine. We can't get away from the pandemic. It's here. And just like we were we can't chatting, fight it either. We can't fight best, it. Not physically anyway. Like we can't physically like punch it in the face. No. Like, <laughs> which I would love to, to right? <laughs> Stupid pandemic. Stupid. Oh, uh, it's so good. I think one of the things that you touched on is leaning into this idea of having a scarcity mindset when it comes to 
either growing your business right now, launching something, marketing something, whatever it is, and that not enoughness that comes with that scarcity, whether it's I don't have enough time, my kids are now at home with me, I don't have enough money, we have to hold on to our money because who knows when more is going to come. Um, resources, you know, all of those things. I think it's really easy to hang out in that not enoughness right now. Um, and like, how do we, how do we work through that and get in touch with what is, where's our mind going with that? What is the not enoughness that we're dealing with and how do we kind of begin to, to change our mindset around that? Those are just like small, tiny questions, tiny questions, (laughs) tiny questions. We can have a tiny answer yeah. and then, you know, four podcast episodes later, right? Right, right. <laughs> okay, so I think my answer to that is not I think when I when I start to talk about these subjects, I feel like and this it doesn't it doesn't help me to try to be a mind reader or assume how people are going to respond. However, I think the this response is probably going to be triggering, but what if scarcity were okay? What if our thoughts on scarcity, right? If we start to make things really good or bad, like, again, having that awareness, like, oh, there's a thing called scarcity mindset. Am I in that? No. Should I be in abundance mindset? Like, that's better than this. If we start to make Mm -hmm. things good and bad, again, Mm -hmm. that's going to stress us the heck out. And again, we're going to come back. I'm going to bring back probably a lot during this conversation. We're going to come back to our thoughts. Now we're having a thought about scarcity or abundance, and we're making one good and one bad. And one of them is going to make us feel a certain way, or so we think. And then the other is going to make us feel a different way that maybe is a quote unquote better way. So it's actually, it's like, it's a lot of kind of this, these mental cartwheels that we can be doing and some of the mind drama that we can be experiencing. And it's starting to come back to say, okay, now that I see that that is happening, what would I like to do with it? Because I see two things. I see a lot of people spinning out that business isn't good right now in all these different sectors. And then I see other people who, coaches, having a lot of clients being drawn to them right now. Businesses that are recognizing and stepping in saying like, whoa, actually this sector is blowing up, right? Homeschooling books on Amazon. Hello. (laughs) They're doing really well right now, Yeah, Mm -hmm. right? They probably weren't doing so well before. So I think it's, it's, it's going to come right back to what I was saying before, that if we'd like to get creative, we can. And we just have to understand that there's not going to be good and bad. But what is also going to be revealed by this band-aid ripping off is that we have certain things that we value. So why not take this as a time to say, whoa, what do I value? And then we can start to have steps that are going to become a little bit more clear. And nothing's perfect, right? We're not going to like solve our problems tomorrow, but we can have more clarity around what the problem actually is. And when we have more clarity, then we can start to take those steps. And they might be teeny tiny or they might be really big right now. My gosh, I, I want to reemphasize. I wrote this down because I'm going to probably paste this in my room. Now that I see that this is happening, what would I like to do now? That's such a uh, a place of permission to be able to say that to yourself and then really and then sit back and say, what do I value? Because I think this is where things like we've been loving diving into the Enneagram and we've been loving talking about business. And all of that comes down to is the reason why we did Enneagram first is we want you guys to feel like you know yourself super well. You know, because if you if you can't answer that question of what do I value, that's like your first step, you know, and I love that that's the first question that, you know, what would I like to do now also speaks to like, what do I value? Because you're what you do is going to be based off of what's important to you. But you got to like step back and really and this is like kind of where I've been living. I mean, being an Enneagram, too, and really realizing how much I don't know myself in this regard, because I haven't, it's just not my knee jerk reaction to go there, that this is, that's, that this is my bandaid moment. Mm -hmm. You know, this has been my bandaid moment, especially in business, because my business hasn't changed all that much. In fact, mine's doing pretty well. You know, it's like things are going well, because I am like mobile, I'm location independent. I'm, this is what I've built my business around. But I've been a little bit of frozen into like, uh, 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 you know, I've just been so frozen in like, well, what, what, what would I like to do now? You know, but I'm starting to have that conversation. I love how concise you said it is. What do I value? What's important to me? You know, and it's like creating those boundaries around what you value can be kind of the beginning of getting around your limiting beliefs is just, you know, that permission, that awareness and that softness of like, 
I see this. What would I like to do now instead of like, what should I do now? I mean, you guys are going to hear us say this. So quit shooting all over yourselves because that's not a thing. <laughs> um, but what would I like to do now? You know, there's all this abundance and this like opportunity that feels kind of scary because it is like a Band-Aid. But man, I think there's I could say that over and over again to myself on like maybe several times a day is like, I see this what would I like to do with this? Yeah. And that I can help. I think too, what, going off of what you just said, when opportunity intersects with your values, it's not going to feel weird or bad or, you know, I'm, <laughs> I, I, that down. Yeah. <laughs> I talk a, a lot fist, with, fist I talk, pumping in the background. Yes. yes. <laughs> I talk a lot with coaches and coaches who are starting out in terms of like nutrition or wellness coaching. And, a, you know, a lot of the conversation that we have comes back to feeling like graspy or needy. Like I need clients, right? Like I can't, it's hard for me to pitch myself or put offers out there. But if you start to break down what you value or your business values, because those can be the same or they can be a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. When you start to break those down, the opportunity isn't going to be like, hey, I'm taking advantage of the situation because that's also what I hear because a lot of the people yeah. and I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast, you're empathetic, caring people. You don't want to do people wrong, whether you're in yeah. business, you're curious about business, you are just noticing the businesses that are serving you in this time. These people are really self-aware. So I think on one hand, it's really great to have that analysis. But Jen, like you were saying, it's easy to then slip into like analysis paralysis, be like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's so much. Yeah, there's so much. <laughs> and, but And I don't want to be insensitive. Yeah, exactly. In such a hard time. Like I, I hear that too. And I love that answer of like opportunity intersecting with your values. It doesn't because it, it feels like helping when that happens. Mm. And for me, that's when my that's when I I'm I'm in my jam. I'm like you're number I'm, two. I'm my, yeah. Yeah. I'm doing my business and I'm helping at the same time because like that's how like like sales has been for me. I mean, I've always been my dad always said that I could sell ketchup to a woman in white gloves. <laughs> I love that. And I was like, if she's got a hot dog, she needs ketchup. I mean, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> classic. <laughs> clearly. So but I mean, it's, it's, I, but I have to do, I mean, circumstances never changed for me when I'm selling something to someone, but my mindset of how this is helping them and what this is going to do for them usually is where that shift happens is my own mindset of how I'm viewing it. Yeah. And that if we focus on the other person, right, we're coming back to being in service. So if if things can Mm -hmm. also start to feel graspy and weird, if it comes back to us, right, I need this, I need that. And then we have something like a circumstance, like a pandemic, where it's like, well, we do actually have our own needs right now. So it's okay. I'm not saying don't don't think about yourself here. But in terms of business and really figuring out how would I like to pivot or shift, do something radically different, do something different that's just like a little bit different. Mm-hmm. It's all about who am I in service to and what do they need? Yeah. And like you said, that's going to flow so much more readily. It doesn't mean we're going to have answers, but it's going to be a lot easier to sell, to market, and then to show up from an energetic place versus showing up as someone who's like completely exhausted, being like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So it even comes back into some leadership stuff, being like, oh, no, I get to be a leader during this time. Doesn't mean I have it figured out, but I know I can start to take these steps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, one of the things that you posted when this all kind of broke that just shook me and it's the simplest thing, but it was just, you have tools that people need right now. Yeah. And I feel like everyone needs to hear that. All of you business owners out there, you need to hear that. And I think the question is then like, there's lots of work to be done on that, on that idea of feeling really good about taking someone's money with whom you're helping. Like, I think Some of the best money that I've ever spent was in a very clear relationship where I was like, they are helping me so much. Like, how can you help someone scale their life, their business, their personal development, their cooking skills, like whatever it is, and feel really good about taking that money because you know what you're providing is like extremely high quality and extremely helpful. And it doesn't have to be some big program or tool or whatever it is. Um, You know, we're all kind of pivoting and trying to create these little like micro services and things that we probably won't maintain after this, but it might inform what we do later. It will inform what we do later. And I think one of the things that I'm seeing in the community kind of in this um, vein is people who are trying to lean into their community, ask a lot of questions, a lot of really good questions around like, what do you need right now? 
because it's so different for every person who's coming to the table. Like the three of us here, you know, we have a a human who owns their own business and doesn't have children. We have a human who owns their own business, uh, is married and has a child and, and also has childcare still. And then we have one who has no childcare two children at home and has to homeschool now. Like there's so many differing (laughs) needs just even within this conversation. So I think a lot of this really stems on just leaning into your community and asking a lot of really good questions um, and spending some time in that before you kind of step into this place of service because people know you well enough if you've been on your platform. They know what you kind of have to offer, what they've liked to learn from you in the past. And then you decide, obviously, like how you want to monetize that. But one of the things I want to ask you about, and I think is something that you've done really well over the last couple of years in your own personal business, is kind of creating these like signature focuses in your business. Like you have like two things that you offer right now. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. And so you still have diversity in what you're offering but you have created so much focus that you're not in this place of spreading yourself thin. And I see people right now starting to spread themselves incredibly thin, trying to provide anything and everything for their client base, giving mm-hmm. away all their best for free. Like, Ooh, oh, yeah. so much. To, and I'm just like, my knee jerk reaction was Whoa. give it all away. And I'm like, wait, no, stop. Whoa. Stop. stop. Like, <laughs> And, you know, I was working with one of one of the consultants on my beauty counter team. She's a really good example of this. And she wanted to teach some sourdough classes. You guys, if you want to take a sourdough class, go hit up Teresa Jacobson at Homegrown Glow. She's teaching sourdough classes and having the ownership over even feeling like she could charge anything right now. And then feeling like everybody else is already doing this or offering what I'm offering for less money or whatever it is. Like there's so much around that. But like, it's so easy to then go, okay, well, I'm gonna have a Facebook group and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this and this and this and this and expanding that out and feeling like you need to serve people in 50 different ways rather than focusing in on like one core beautiful thing that you can create and really selling that. So I, I don't know if there's a question in there. <laughs> like, I feel no, like no, that's... A, a lot of times when we're talking, I'm just like, I'm, I'm just stream of consciousness. Here you go. Here you go, Lucia, do something with it. Um, but, um, you know, how do we, how do we focus in on, um, on what our creative outlet, what our creative focus can be in like a signature offering during a time like this mm-hmm. and develop something that people need. Um, and, without like diversifying our portfolio too much, maybe still diversifying our message, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I've, I've received some awesome coaching in the last year or so where it was really drilled into me. And I started to take this seriously in the fall because I was doing a lot of things and I was doing, 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 and then I was exhausted, exhausted. And I was like, what, what am I even like accomplishing here? Who am I helping? Feeling spread really, really thin. Mm -hmm. So um, can I swear on this show? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Every episode is explicit. Okay, we cool. are okay. explicit, so go for Good. it. <laughs> I always want to ask. Mine is the same way, but I'm just like, well, let me just ask. Um, when I got some, you know, coaching last fall, where it's basically like, stop trying to ride two horses, three horses, four horses, whatever, with one ass. Right. You have like mm. one butt, so plant you it down. Yeah, plant it down on one horse and ride that. And that's scary. That's scary because it that comes right back to what we were saying about scarcity, right? We're like, yeah, but what if this one horse like won't run? What if it doesn't listen to me? Like, what if I can't steer it the way I want to go? So, in terms of signature offerings, right now could be a great time to be creative about starting to create one. Or I also think because, like Cassie, going off of what you were saying, if we're creating out of our own scarcity because we're like, oh, people need things, they need things right now. We can actually take a minute, take a breather and actually see what people need versus creating just from scarcity because that's going to burn us out. But I'll say, you know, for my, so for Lean and Liberated, which is my uh, weight loss coaching for that class, I took a minute, right? I wanted to do all the things and market it in all the ways initially with quarantine and with COVID and just, you know, trying to be in service to people, right? How do I position this in such a way that it makes sense for them and for me? But I had to start with my clients first. So I allowed myself the time to say, like, how can I actually show up in such a no-brainer way for my clients in the program? So it's going to come right back, right? The, the answers are they're not easy, but they're simple. 
if I want this to be like a rock star experience for my clients, that means I have to not pay attention to anyone else right now, but I get to let myself with my one butt, <laughs> ride my one horse, <laughs> get to let myself focus. What would make sure if like, let's say that this experience, like all oh, this is going to be over in six weeks, right? Who knows how long it's going to be, but let's just use that for now. If this is only a six week experience that we're all going through collectively, what would I be proud of after six weeks where I would look back and say, I showed up as the coach that I want to be? Because that's what we get to do right now, whether you're coaching or you offer products or different types of services. I think the sentiment aligns regardless of what type of business you run. How do I want to be a leader? What would I be proud? How would I be proud of showing up? And that can mean like um, Teresa, right? It could mean doing the scary thing of being like, I'm going to charge for my class. Uh It could be doing new things. It could be innovating and being like, gosh, everyone is baking. Everyone seems to have sourdough. But I know a really cool way to make sure that people can learn how to do this effectively so they're not then stressed out about their sourdough when they're trying to like bake in quarantine. But that energetic exchange, which is kind of what money is to a certain extent, Mm -hmm. if you're just burnt out trying to teach people, is that the leader that you would like to see in your community? These are, you know, it just comes back to a lot of questions that we get to ask ourselves. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think think one of the things that is going to come out of something like this, just as you said, is instead of feeling like during this time you have to be either creating and implementing some something, right? Can we even just see what people need? Mm-hmm. Because now we have more clarity around what people need because people are in a place of like, you know, I, the the smoke is kind of cleared in a lot of ways. And, you know, someone who maybe is now able to work from home, is able to have the freedom to be like, what do I want? You know, I have more space in my mind. I have more time, maybe, depends, right? But, you know, I really want to lose weight right now, or I really want to learn how to make sourdough or, you know, whatever it is. And so some of those kind of core needs and or wants can kind of come out a little bit more during a time like this and all you need to do is listen because they still exist outside of this pandemic yeah and I think that's one thing I see a lot of people doing is pivoting to create something and feeling like if they don't do it right now they're not going to get back the value that they need to if they don't have it done by a certain time so that they can either you know serve their community and make some money And I think we all just need to like take a breather. And personally for me, like I've had to nearly halt my consumption of social media. And that's something that helps me on any given day anyway. But I have been in a place where if I enter that space of consumption of social media, especially at the beginning of the day, can we just have a minute to talk (laughs) about that? I am looking at what everyone else is doing and I'm automatically operating from a place of a deficit. And comparison. Yeah. And if I don't even turn that shit on, I'm focused on what I'm creating. Right. What I'm doing. And this is where like from a practical perspective, like using scheduling apps and external apps to help you get social media stuff out there um, can be really helpful. And I have been like, I don't always plan out my planally like extreme way in advance, which is an Instagram planning tool. But I'll have stuff loaded up and then I can write in the moment if I want to and post it. And then I literally go post it and like stay there for 20 minutes, comment with everybody and leave because I can't, I can't be there. And then similar with stories, you can use something like Canva to create some stories or you can record some video of yourself on your phone, not inside the app and kind of execute it in that way. And that's something just in the last few weeks I've been doing that I probably needed just for my own personal like expansion to to do before this thing happened so I think it's gonna be really interesting to see too like what kind of habits come out you know not a good or bad but just a from an observational standpoint like what kind of habits are gonna happen through this time yeah in relation to you know personal behavior and business behavior as well and I think, well, I think for me, consistency has been kind of the name of the game for me is like, well, how can I create? Because I feel like I've been chasing consistency for 
I don't even know how long and mm-hmm. learning around like how to get the healthy boundaries to create that consistency and you know cultivating that during this time has been a little interesting <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean and I think that uh consistency in so many regards not just social media output but consistency and energy output and the ease that I want in my life on a daily basis instead of just making things feel so hard and it's like you know how how do you cultivate that self-trust self-trust through consistency like how do you do that yeah oh my gosh it's such a good question and that's one that's been coming up a lot for um, again, my clients in Lean and Liberated in particular, as well as like business coaching clients, what we first identified, because the first couple of weeks, uh, especially, we're just going to keep bringing it back to the pandemic, right? Because it's such an interesting time. The first couple so of weeks. Relevant. Yeah, so relevant. They were like, oh my gosh, I feel bad for losing weight or I shouldn't or, you know, oh my gosh, this old habit or like these old cravings that I thought I didn't even have anymore are like being surfaced, right? So band-aid being ripped off, our extra old, old habits, which are in our subconscious, are going to come roaring back out because now they're like, let's keep you comfortable and safe. So there's that happening. But what we chat a lot about is, okay, consistency isn't like, it would be great if we could get gold stars and that like made us really consistent. If someone were like patting us on the back, that actually doesn't foster like a continuation of consistency. What actually fosters that is this feeling of being like first off that you can trust yourself. And how do we start to trust ourselves? We have to drop into being self-integral, having self-integrity. So we can have self-integrity by showing up to doing the things that we tell ourselves to do. So that's the first thing. And I think that's a big shift away from diet culture. Sorry if you can hear Hazel. Uh, Shift away (laughs) from diet culture is that if we tell ourselves we're going to do something, let's say it's like you know, 500 calorie diet, something really intense that we can do for a couple days. Good luck. Like, (laughs) bless you. Bless you. (laughs) Bless you for trying. Because the the trying is really great. But where Mm -hmm. things fall away is when we try to overcommit. And then we stop because we that actually isn't our life. That's actually just kind of some diety thinking. So I'm bringing this back to consistency. But if we only allow ourselves to do what we know we can show up to doing, most of us are going to start doing way less. And that can challenge this cultural idea we have in our society that to be more, you have to do more. It's not true, right? Right? But our culture loves to put that on us 24-7. So we are in this almost kind of fascinating incubator where a lot of us are stuck at home. We're stuck with our thoughts. We feel like we have had all these routines or consistency that was working so well for us. Well, okay. If we think that that was so great then and now things are so bad now, we're actually saying that we work from circumstance, which means that Mm -hmm. we can't trust ourselves and we can't be in self-integrity. So if we're focused on the past, we're focused on the future, it's not helping present day us. So let's actually do the things that are going to help us. And for consistency, that usually means starting way smaller than we want to. I love what you just said, and I want to dive into that a little bit about um, focused on the past or the future. I mean, I feel so much self-power when I get super present, you know, and it's like, do you do you find that like being very like present in the moment? I mean, you know, of course, there's things where like goal setting and things where you want to like, you know, think about where you want to go. But I find my most power and self-trust when I'm really focused on the now. Yeah. Like, like what how do, how does that how does that presence that that the present that's all I can think of is, is like it's a present um how does that feed into that self-trust do you think yeah well when we're present and we're taking the actions that are in self-integrity and that could be like drinking water when you say you're going to drink a cup mm-hmm. of water it could be making the bed after you it could be waking up at the time you set your alarm for right like self-integrity can be really really big things and it can be the teeniest tiniest thing but When we're doing those things, what we're allowing is for our brains to not be thinking about what we didn't do yesterday or not to be freaking Mm -hmm. out like, oh, I I did it again. (laughs) I didn't wake up when Mm -hmm. I told myself I'd wake up. We start to clear out the noise by choosing to be in integrity. And then when the noise is cleared, like you said, Jen, that means you can kind of drop into just hanging out with yourself now because we're not Mm -hmm. trying to chase all these different like mental directions. We get to cut out the mind drama. Yeah, mind drama. That also feels like I'm saying this word a lot. Gobbledygook. Yeah, like just ugh, like it's gunky. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't think of a better, more visceral word than gobbledygook. (laughs) But it's like (laughs) being in the present for me is also meant like celebrating the things that I did do and or the things that I'm like, that felt good. Like I painted my front door yesterday while I had a business call with Cassie. (laughs) And I was like, I painted my door like (laughs) because I've been meaning to do it for a solid two years, you guys, you know, and I was just like, you know what? My husband's home like my kids are outside playing like I need to have this call, but I'm going to paint this door like I've got this, you know, and I had this moment of celebration yesterday where I was like, I did that like, you know, but I don't slow down a whole lot to do that. And I feel like that hurts my consistency. You know what I mean? Like it hurts that ability because there's always that forward thinking that future. Um, I get way more anxiety when I think about the future than when I think about the present. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I think that's a lot of where anxiety can come from is thinking about or trying to predict the future or trying mm. to feel like we have control over the, the future. What yeah, mm-hmm. the what if. Yeah, I know. Like we have control. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean I don't have control over the future? What? How dare you? <laughs> Not cool. It's like, excuse me. <laughs> I think one of the um, one of the things that's come out of this pandemic already for me is having to be forced into that present focus because everything literally is, we're just taking it day by day. I mean, in the morning or the night before, we're having like a little like family meeting. Like, what do you got? Okay, what do you got? When do you have a Zoom call? So we're not using all the bandwidth of the internet at the same oh my time. Gosh, yes. When do you have a Zoom call? And, and you know, where are you going to work? We live in 750 square feet. We have to have a family meeting every night to be like, where are you going to be working tomorrow? Literally within Literally. this given <laughs> 700 square feet. Can you go outside, please? <laughs> um, but, you know, my reality has shifted to being such a forward oriented person. And a lot of that forward orientation actually keeps me from knowing what the next step is in business. I think obviously we can have those like big goals, but if we don't, I, I I am a person who struggles with consistency. I, you know, like welcome to the club, everybody. Um, but I struggle with those consistent daily actions that build that big thing. Cause mm. that's what does it. And, and you do such a great job of talking about this in relation to, um, you know, like weight loss or, you know, building habits that improve your health, improve your business. It's all the same. Like, and you have to start so much smaller than you want to. When you said that, I was like, man, like, that's so true. I, <laughs> I have to start so much smaller. I'm like, make the bed, make the fucking bed. Yeah, <laughs> just totally. do it. Do your skincare. Do your every skin, morning. Wash your face, you know, yeah. whatever it is. But it, it feels like, it's almost it almost feels like those moments when you make yourself a to-do list of things you've already done so you can check them off. Like that's how little those consistency actions feel. It's like, I do I have any business checking off these things I'm I, I do every single day or the tiny thing, you know? But here you have to create space for that. Here's the thing too, if I can I think that's such a great point. It, let's say that you're like writing down like the to-do that you already did that maybe weren't on the list. And you're like, you know what, actually, boom, like I did make the bed. I'm going to put that on my to-do list. Does it have anything to do with my business? No. But if you're the person, this is actually part of that identity shift. I think a lot of us have subconscious identities that we don't know we're holding and navigating life through. Our subconscious identity creates the habits that we have. And our life is just, for the most part, a set of habits that we're doing every single day. So... If we actually start to see like on paper, tangibly, wow, I told myself I'd make the bed. I did, right? Like I drank some water before I had my coffee. Check. Like you see all these things. It's actually like visually reminding you that you're being the person who's doing the things to get the stuff that you say you want to get. So it's showing us that it's not a tomorrow thing to become that person. It's actually a today thing. And yeah, it starts with the little things that can, our ego does not like that it starts with the little things. Our ego wants it to be big and flashy and bold and like we're there, mm-hmm. but it's always Look gonna, what I did. Yeah, look what I did. I'm so proud. Yeah. Like, but actually to make that thing happen, it really does start with the tiniest of things. And then there's a snowball effect. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Snowball. That's a thing. Like momentum. Mm-hmm. Like you hear that happen um, or in the conversation sometimes with business, especially if you listen to some of like the bigger people. It's like like momentum, like like building off that. Like it's it's not as hard as it sounds. It's such a natural gravitational thing, mm-hmm. but it starts so small. Yeah. It's so true. But and when, it's like when things are moving, they grow more easily. Mm-hmm. 
like yeah. object in motion stays in motion yeah. object at rest stays at rest like this is not mm-hmm. it's physics guys like it's physics yeah and that there's not muscle rolling that ball down the hill it's gravity it's natural it's you know it's not graspy or weird but it I started love that with <laughs> muscle memory like that's mm-hmm. that pushing started with muscle memory right mm-hmm. yeah. you got it to the top so it could roll back down like it's there there's effort there for sure yeah but I like I think the thing that that's been hard for me to equate and figure out is so many of those personal kind of habits just how much they build that self-trust and it really is simply proving to yourself that you are a person who does what they say they're going to do. And it doesn't matter what category it's in. It doesn't matter what category mm-hmm. it's in at all. Like I've been working with my business coach and talking about like, you know, I, I, I take the food, I write the recipe, I cook the recipe, I take the food photos, they never make it to the blog. Why are they not on the blog? I identify as a writer. I think I'm a great writer. It's fun. I like telling stories. You it's are. great. But yeah. it's, it's I, I don't identify enough as a writer because I don't write every day. <laughs> like I need to write every day. And this is one of the things that we talked about. She's like, okay, your new habit is a non-negotiable one hour I'm writing every single day. Mm-hmm. And the thought process there was obviously I'm always so forward thinking with this stuff that I'm like, yeah, there will be a cookbook one day. There absolutely will be. Well, guess what? It's going to be hard for me to accomplish a cookbook if I don't have like a robust blog beforehand. And also if I don't have a writing habit, like yeah. that's going to be really hard for me if I don't have a writing habit. Right. So like so many, I think of those, of those really big things that we want, like disseminating it down to something small can feel silly, but you're creating a practice in your life that, that is going to not only turn you into someone who trusts themselves, but allows you to, I, seek some identity and once we have identity in something we will do it period and this is like a lot of the conversation you've had in the past and I can really relate to this and I think a lot of a lot of our listeners too is this idea of like being someone who maybe was overweight and not identifying as an athlete Mm -hmm. and then lose some weight becomes an athlete identifies as an athlete no like and then leaves the gym or whatever culture they're part of no longer feels like an athlete and then wants to take that road again and feel like an athlete again. And I'm in that space too. And it's so hard to think about why do I have so much struggle working out every day when five, six years ago, it was literally not even a thought. It was like, when am I going to go to the gym today? Not if. It was when I'm going to go for this hike. Not if. It was part of my identity. And so like, how do you make it part of your identity? You do it when it's not part of your identity yet. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, even, you know, using like the idea of like being in a gym or working out, clearly we're not in gyms right now, but the visual, right? We were talking about like pushing a rock up a hill and then coming down with gravity. But think about the visual of putting in reps in the gym. So you walk into a gym, you're probably not going to walk in the first day and be like, yeah, I can do a 300 pound deadlift. (laughs) <laughs> Ow. And like really cool if you can actually get that weight to move, but it's probably going to be right there on the ground. But what can you do? You can show up and say, cool, I'm going to work on my hip hinge. What is a hip hinge? Okay, let's start there. I'm going to work on how I hold the bar. And we put in the reps. It's just like working out even, and again, yes, I, I'm glad that you resonate with that, Cassie, because that identity of an athlete is a fascinating concept. And you and I have both been experiencing that. If you just let yourself put in the reps and let them be ugly and messy, that also counters this identity of being a perfectionist too, because you can't step into new identities and think you're going to be perfect at them. Like, good luck. (laughs) Maybe some of us are naturally, yeah. Yeah. You have to sit in that place of being not good at something for a while if you want to be good at it later. Yeah. Right? Like you didn't just, I didn't just like walk into CrossFit and be like, I'm good at this. Like, no. Um, I looked ridiculous the first time I did a snatch. Yeah. And for some reason, I have a level of like unwillingness to look ridiculous around it now because I previously was proficient at it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting thing. Um, and on the subject of habits and like what we're experiencing right now with this pandemic is, you know, so many of those healthy habits that I built in my day to day before, which cannot exist now. I was going to the gym four or five days a week. Super proud of myself. 
this happened and then all of a sudden I didn't go to the gym at all for two weeks like or work out at all not not even work out like I, I had I have so much association with the action of getting into the gym that it it was a big struggle for me because I hadn't created the identity it was like the identity piece was like a little one it was like I am someone who goes to the gym yeah <laughs> that's that's the identity I have in this right now and so I have to shift that a lot now or you know some business habits that I had was um you know getting inspiration around around food and cooking and and I would treat myself to like once a week I had a restaurant day where I would go and I would like go have lunch somewhere awesome have a beautiful meal, be by myself, which I love, by the way, love eating by myself in a restaurant (laughs) and, and creating writing time there. Yeah. And I don't have those anymore. So like, how do we continue to cultivate some of these habits that we've established in our business, in our life, now that the like scenery has changed, the location has changed, like what do we do now? Well, first we get to challenge our thought because I think a lot of us are bringing a thought into the present moment. Um, we get to challenge the thought that things were static. Things weren't static. The pandemic could have happened last year. Maybe it'll happen again next year. I hope not. But <laughs> I think a lot of us are operating on default mode. I had something similar. I had finally, it felt like finally, set up a routine where I'd walk to the gym. I'd go to the gym. It was my time to listen to podcasts, do my thing, like fill up my cup. And then that felt like kind of ripped away from me, right? Because that's no longer a safe option. And then I felt a level of guilt and shame that I'm so privileged. Like that's my issue through all of this, right? Like, wow, whoa, is me. But we get to challenge that that was ever going to be my default for a set period of time. So if we want to, we can actually, I think part of what we're challenging here is challenging that identity that we were actually thinking we were inflexible. We were like radically created to be really flexible. I think that's part of like our human nature. So can we sit and maybe feel the feelings being like, oh, I'm going to grieve that like I had this cool routine that I truly enjoyed. Yes, of course. We don't want to emotionally bypass that. But let's feel the feelings because then we can move through them. And then we can say, cool, my new identity that I get to practice, I get to practice being is flexible. Or like, where can I get creative? Maybe it isn't eating out in restaurants, but maybe it's like, I don't know, here are my cookbooks that I get to flip open now because I never thought I had the time to flip them open before. We get to yep. have a lot and of that's innovation. that's exactly the shift too. <laughs> that's exactly, that was exactly it. I think also I, along the lines of feeling like we're inflexible is finding identity in the action rather than the location mm-hmm. too, right? Like I had to shift my mindset. Like I am working out four or five days a week now. Um, but I had to shift from like, I'm a person who goes to the gym to just being like, I'm a person who works out every day. Like yeah. that's, that was my, I have to shift into this different place of identity too. And you probably, so, you probably got to shift into saying like, and this gets to be simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, I had to simplify my workout routine a yeah. lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Which for me, hard. I had to, I had to shift from loving classes because I, I do, I love classes. I love the people that are in the classes I go to. I love the instructors. I felt like I had this great, like curated, like system of classes that I went to. And again, like I felt like it all got ripped away from me and I had to shift to doing just dance on Nintendo. <laughs> Which <laughs> you do. Which you're slaying, by the way. I am. I'm, 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 I'm doing the thing. <laughs> it's really funny watching, um, like the, I tell people, I'm like, this is my space because it's, I have to do it in the living room, right? Because it's on a system. And I have to be like, okay, I have a like 50 minute window to do this where there's no piano classes happening. So my mom teaches piano in our, in our home and it needs to be like relatively quiet. And when I do this, my music is loud. Okay. And I turn the bass up and I need that because it makes me happy. Okay. <laughs> and so I was just like, okay, I got 50 minutes. On Wednesdays, I'm trying to give myself another day, but it's hard because everybody needs Wi-Fi in my house because everybody's working from home and like got school from Wi-Fi. And so I got 50 minutes and it's been really interesting to be like, hey, go find something else to do. But eventually people kind of start creeping in, like watch what I'm doing. So they're listening to me laughing, <laughs> they're listening to the music be loud and like and at first I had to get fiercely protective about that boundary. Mm-hmm. And then I've had to like soften a little bit and realize like. 
Yeah, my kids, as long as they don't dance in front of me or near me so I don't run them over, they can dance behind me way back there. That's fine. Well, and if you run them over, they'll learn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and look what you look what you offered yourself too, right? Yeah. By starting to say like, well, I get to be a little bit flexible or let go or change the boundary. We get to set boundaries, right? That's our right. Yep. And then we get to learn and grow with them. So you were able to yeah. collect data over time to be like, okay, I'm actually going to be able to keep showing up to this really sacred time for myself is like, yeah, maybe like the kiddos are kind of coming I'm in. I'm not alone. And, yeah, I'm not yeah. alone. And, that, that- and it's my mom's lunch time. Like she has to get lunch. So she has to like be behind me. And sometimes she's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then she's like laughing as we're going along. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, I'm clearly not by myself. All right. Well, that's the uh, world I live in. <laughs> I don't think any of us are by ourselves right now. <laughs> Unless we're very by ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no kidding. It's one or the other. It's like, oh, I'm with a lot of people or I'm not with anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the things you, you brought up too, Jen, is like, I think we have quite an opportunity to recognize more of our own personal boundaries and advocate to set those right now. Because so much of like our codependency and intertwinedness, enmeshness with our families and or partners um, or maybe our animals or, you know, whatever it is, like mm-hmm. our where our personal life and our business life kind of intersect as well. Like we are having to become more flexible with boundaries, but also learn where to set them. And chances are, like, that's probably where a boundary needed to be anyway. Again, like the yeah. band-aid was being ripped off. We just didn't ask for mm-hmm. it, but here it is. Look, we needed to mm-hmm. work on boundaries. And now we get to if we want to. Oh, my gosh. When this first happened, I, I remember talking to Cassie and being like, this is like an Enneagram 2's worst nightmare. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. I think an Enneagram yeah. 9's worst nightmare, too. Yeah, yeah well, for real. Twos and nines. Yeah, as a peacemaker, right? You like can't make peace if there's a global pandemic. Ooh, yeah, that's tough. That's not much. Yeah, this is it's an, and and everyone's grieving a little differently. But I one but one thing before we wrap that I really wanted to talk about before we go is and you kind of touch on this is like, um, kind of how do we work through some of those feelings that we're having of like. Uh, privilege or like how do we thrive with our businesses and and realize that we can have that ease and we can have that success and that wealth all during this time but not have that self-judgment which I think can be um, so easy to go towards because there's so much um, circumstances from so many different people that I just I mean especially as a two I look at what some of these people are having to um, like kind of suffer through and it's just I feel like I can't have success or I can't have ease or like everything should be hard because it's hard for some of these people that I love and care about you know like how do we how do we work through some of those feelings of deserving and not and all that yeah yeah well a couple things one again is challenging that thought right so if Mm -hmm. you as someone don't deserve x y and z but there are these people who we would love to have more privilege does that mean that if they were to have more privilege then they aren't allowed that So there's maybe a challenging of an assumption. I'm someone who has a lot of privilege. Oh my gosh, I feel like I've had to work through so much like shame and so much guilt. So, so much. And it's ever evolving. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is, this actually comes back to what we were saying earlier in the episode. If we're able to recognize our privilege, then let's leverage it, right? Because if we're just stuck in shame and guilt... So some of us might need to like take a back seat and like hang out, be on the couch, like recoup, fill our own cups. Okay. So I'm not saying for everyone to always be in action. That might be the mm-hmm. opposite of what's needed. But if we have a certain level of privilege, how wonderful that we really have that platform to be in service. So why not leverage yeah. it from a place of like, I'm so appreciative that like I was given or have offered her been able to have this level of privilege. And so because of that, I can either sit and apologize for it, which is what I feel like I did for a long time, or I can use it and leverage it and create services or just be there, right? Hold space emotionally, have a container for people, donate, like whatever it's going to be, however it's going to look, you probably have more ability than you think you do. And so like, what an honor. And why, why mm-hmm. would we have to dismiss our privilege then if we are the people who are so empathetic and working towards making sure that there's more equity in the world and the ways that we can show up to? So what you're saying is, is gratitude oh! can change the way we view it, right? <laughs> totally, totally, yeah. Because what the actions we're going to take from a place of gratitude, vastly different. Totally true. Vastly different. Totally true. That mindset shift mm-hmm. can totally change. I mean, even back to like the whole thing we were talking about, um, 
selling, you know, for instance, like if you're making if you're making money from selling a product and you can feel guilt around that. But how what a beautiful thing to come from that place of gratitude that you're capable of making something for somebody or helping someone find something that works for them. And um, I think gratitude can do so much for how we view things and how we take on the um, the mindset work and how our brains process the drama, you know, the mind drama, like you were saying, like, it's amazing how gratitude can do that. Yeah. Well, I think there's so much that comes out of, you know, when you have a lot of privilege, there's responsibility attached to that. And I think there can be obviously a shame cycle within that too, because, you know, we're all experiencing trauma like in real time right now. Mm-hmm. And so you may be coming from a place of privilege, but you may also be coming from a place where you're not able to act from that privilege and that responsibility that you fe- maybe you feel, maybe you don't. Um, but I think when you approach it from a place of gratitude, you can kind of let go of some of the shoulds and the shame around that responsibility that comes with privilege and think of it, the responsibility and form that more into opportunity and, um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and being in service just as you said. And and I'm going to bring a quote back from what you said earlier. Opportunity intersects with your values. It doesn't feel bad, hard, graspy or weird. Like, and then meshing that with that feeling of gratitude and how that can help us get past that is so powerful. Yeah. Right. If we have, I'm a quote you forever Lucia. hey that's an honor thank you that's very kind no, <laughs> no, for real mm. well i love it and i think i think something like this just as you said like this brings out a lot more of our values because this is a time where we are kind of being forced to understand what those are because how we're acting is it's it's on display in a way how we're acting with our time with our resources it's on display to a certain extent or it can be and that makes us think twice about how we're showing up and how we're showing up is a determinant of what we value yeah and I think this is going to be a really interesting time for everyone to get a lot more clear on what those values are whether it comes to like the core values of your business literally like your personal core values or maybe how those things intersect. So I think there's, I think we're all just going to have to go to therapy after this is basically what's going to happen. Or like right now, I'm like like calling my therapist like, hey, will you hop on the phone, please? (laughs) Um. (laughs) It's a powerful, it's a powerful time, right? And power, there's a spectrum to what power encompasses. So there are things that can feel kind of wonderful. And then there are things that can feel kind of horrible. And there are privileges that are maybe really static for a lot of people. And then there are other privileges that shape shift and change over time. And I think with all of that, it's going to bring us back into a place of, if we'd like, a place of compassion and what can happen from there. Mm. Mm. So good. So good. (laughs) Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, Lucia. We really appreciate you and your time. Um, Tell us more about like your current offerings and where people can find you. I will say just if you're not following Lucia on Instagram, you're a crazy person. You pr- it probably just means you haven't found her yet. So now you found her. So go follow her on Instagram. And uh, I'm just I'm always I, I always joke about Genevieve and I kind of joke about this um, behind your back that you are someone like when you share something I have to be ready for it because there's a lot to unpack. But when I'm ready, I know where to find it. And so that's been a lot of the work that you've done over the last couple of years. I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, we're talking about shame today. <laughs> Buckle in. Get ready. Get ready. Okay, we're talking Strap about consistency. It. Oh, this is yucky, but it's really good. You know, you kind of, you know, in some ways. Some that of band-aid it, hurt. Some of it you have to be ready to kind of do the work. But a lot of what ha- following you has done for me over the last couple of years is like understanding what the work is to do. And that's been a really helpful, like that identification that you do is identifying, like letting go of the good and bad decisions and identifying, like, why are we having these thoughts and how do thoughts translate into action and all of that? It's been really lovely. So moral of the story. Please go follow Lucia. <laughs> yes, Lucia, yes, yes. tell us what you're up to right now. <laughs> well, thank you. First and foremost, thank you both for having me on here. And I feel like this conversation, we could go for another an hour, right? Like it oh, could go easily. so Two, deep. three, four. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for making space and making a container for these types of conversations. Mm-hmm. Because Cassie, like you're saying, this stuff can honestly be really triggering. And here's mm-hmm. the thing that I've had to learn because sometimes I'm like, hey, could you like, 
to myself, like, could you not be so intense today? <laughs> like, what you're going to post? <laughs> like, and probably why I take photos of my dog. I'm like, look, here's Hazel. I swear it's not all like the gunk. <laughs> but I know that when things are really intense and when things are triggering, we, we always want to have that awareness, right? Like not to trigger just for the sake of triggering people, but it's also, it's always an invitation in. So that's something that, you know, like you asked what my offerings are right now. My offering is lean and liberated. It's my group coaching program for people who are ready to lose weight in a way that isn't another diet from a place of like Mm -hmm. losing weight for life and that it fits into your life and that you're not trying to just manipulate yourself into working another diet because that's really tiring and it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I've, I came to that from a place of like honestly triggering a lot of people being like, guess what? We got to talk about weight loss because <laughs> now what I'm seeing on social media is that a lot of us are like, you know, pushing it under the rug. And it's, well, we're not allowed to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Didn't you know, Lucia? <laughs> we're not allowed yeah. to. Oh, I think that's where my uh, my nine wing eight comes out. I'm like, I'm not allowed to talk about it. No. Watch me. Was that a challenge? Yeah, watch there's me. A qu- there's a quality way to talk about this, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I, I love seeing you kind of buck that, that it, the pendulum has shifted, right? It's been, it was, okay, everything's about weight loss. Mm-hmm. Everything, you're not worthy unless you're this size. Everything's about weight loss. That still exists out there, by the way, yeah. in a 90% a lot. capacity. Yeah. yeah, 99 maybe. But then it was, okay, we're, we're not talking about that at all anymore. We're not allowed to talk about that. And I feel like you're kind of on this upward swing with a lot of other people where it's like, no, how can we talk about the mindfulness of this? How can we talk about the, the personal shift? Because the fact of the matter is the, the, the reason being like there are always going to be people out there who need and or want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And when and- we just invalidate their feelings, are we actually creating the world? Again, it's like leveraging our privilege or our platform yes, or our ability to yes. speak. Are we actually creating the world that we want? I want a world where people feel so liberated and so radically able to do what they want to do that they're going to start to show up to it, even if they don't know how to or it feels weird or it feels different. I want people to fear, feel more autonomous, more liberated, more independent. That's something those are like those are things that I value. And I think mm-hmm. we can do that and just know that it's going to be hard for some people to hear. And that's okay, because if we truly believe our own radical ideas and our own liberation, we know that. Yeah, there's some major things that are bad. I'm not saying all things are okay, but in the context of like this arena, there's we can take it away from that good and bad thinking and that power and control culture and really just start to like help people feel like more of themselves. That's what I want for people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Amen. good. <laughs> well, how, Hallelujah. <laughs> how do we find out about more about Lean and Liberated? Where do we go? Oh, yeah. You can go to luciahawley.com. Awesome. Yeah, and also come and hang he, out on Instagram because I know you two love it. I love it. It's a fun, yeah. fun platform to be on, even if the really subjects are really intense. It can be fun, I swear. <laughs> you do a really good job of like disseminating an intense subject, though, and making it approachable, at least in like the beginning thoughts of said intense thought. <laughs> and then after that, it's like, okay, I'm gonna have to come back to this when I'm in a place where I can <laughs> consume it. Um, but you're, you know, you're talking about a lot of things that I think need a need to be talked about. And you have a perspective of like, how can we have more mindfulness, um, you know, buck this idea of balance and figure out how to create consistent action that allows us to feel our best in translation, it might end up feeling like we also look our best in our own capacity. So I, I love the way that you talk about weight loss. I think that's awesome. So go check out her program, you guys. We will put all of the goodness in the show notes for you and you'll be able to, um, just start consuming all of the awesomeness that is Lucia Holly. Well, thank you to you again. This was just such a blast. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.